0: Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This podcast series provides a space for some fabulous people to share their stories and find a voice within our ever-changing world. It is a space that simply encourages sparky conversations, because there is most definitely always something to be learned from every interesting conversation, however unscripted. At its heart, this podcast is built on the belief that each of us experiences the world in our own unique way meaning that we all have our own story to share. The Coffee and Conversation podcast aims to uncover a range of perhaps previously unheard stories in an informal, engaging way, so that we can all connect, explore, grow and learn from the great people behind these tales. Happy listening. My guest for the second edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast is Simon Hall, a passionate gardener, beekeeper and long-time supporter of Birmingham City Football Club, With over 25 years in the sports sector, including experience within local authorities, Sport England and the Active Sports Partnership Network, Simon is currently Physical Activity Strategic Lead for the West Midlands Combined Authority in its Public Service Reform Directorate. It is great to be talking with Simon today after our paths reconnected in recent months over good coffee and a shared interest in leadership. So welcome, welcome to the uh, second episode of Coffee and Conversation podcast. Um, Today my guest is um, Simon Hall um, and I am currently sat as ever in my desk in Scotland and I have coffee. Simon is in his home office in rural Worcestershire somewhere.
1: No absolutely with um, what was a um, mug of tomato soup so
0: oh actually okay so yeah that's an interesting development we haven't had tomato soup yet but then again this is only the second podcast so who knows (laughs) cool so so Simon and I um have known each other um in some capacity for probably 20 plus years um and and it's fair to say that Simon is probably responsible for me being um for working in sport and my first opportunity um as an assistant youth sports development officer back in wire forest in i think 1997 something like that when um simon was at west midland sport england and came up with a brilliant idea to um support and invest in new sports development offers coming into the into the system i don't know if you remember those days simon
1: gosh that was many years ago i, I don't think um can necessarily i was responsible for you getting into sport but um and, and whether i was solely responsible for that but i thought it was absolutely brilliant um, way in which we generate people um, generate the talent in the in the region for a sector who really needs that talent and whether it's you or others like uh, Lee Mason, Chris Child or others have really progressed in our sector um, and I do hope there's little glitches of um, those days which has really helped you get to where you were you are now Definitely. and I feel- of course you were the one of the first ever active sports managers as well and and we did a lot of work to get that going in uh, Worcestershire as well
0: absolutely and I definitely think you know it's interesting now I think about people development and my interest in leadership and people development and you know one of the things that really sticks in my mind in those days is you know we were all there was a group of I think 12 of us that that Sport England in the West Midlands had invested in and you know we had a cohort a really nice strong sort of group of um, people who are in the same boat in the same position new into sports development and we were able to kind of come together and learn with each other and you know make the same mistakes and learn and as, as we went along so I think you know that connecting with people is really really powerful um, and it definitely I think it's something that I remember.
1: I, I think that's made us a lot what we are that um, what we're about is developing people whether it's as coaches, volunteers, or just developing people in, into sport, and look, and working with and work, um, and helping each other, um, and what you said, kind of that learn and capture um, along the way, is something we've kind of missed quite a few years now, and seem to be returning to. It's like we are learning from experience, and what originally happened was not necessarily where we got to. Um, and alongside that is that we begin to develop interest in lines and inquiry. And I know back in those days, there was a real openness and trust. So actually, we're developing a culture back in those days with those 12, 14 people. A lot to enable us to have that conversation and go down that line of inquiry. And in some case, that was about not having that direct line management support, whilst others felt quite suffocated by the level of line management and mm-hmm. having to handhold their manager out all the time. Um, and I think uh, going back to that, I think you're really fortunate because you w- were really given that opportunity to grow and develop in your roles, which has n- taken you down a really interesting line of inquiry as well.
0: Indeed, perhaps I need to give Leslie Fox a name check at this point, um, who not only helped me in my my sports development world, but did, um, yeah, did did. I remember occasionally having meetings where she tried to take me to the golf driving range and and work on my technique. Um, Sadly, I don't don't know. I ended up working in golf, so maybe it did have an influence in the long run. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But it's quite interesting because we lost touch for, you know, after those early days where we'd worked quite closely together, you know, in sports development and then the active sports program. Um, And we did, we lost touch for probably a good 15 odd years and, you know, stayed connected on LinkedIn and things like that. And then, you know, I think it came to a, we'd swapped messages on LinkedIn or somewhere and, you know, just, you know, came to a realization that we had some, mutual interest areas which you know, i'm sure we'll come to talk around through the through this this podcast um but ended up meeting for coffee and having a chat and you know putting the world to rights over a very nice cup of coffee
1: no i i, I don't recall we also um bumped into each other at wolverhampton university as we were both meeting uh, yes, we separate yes. at, at, at a conference and um that's where my um imposter syndrome sneaked in and thinking, it's true, how did Jane Jane Booth get to talking through that stuff? And I'm talking practical operational details and you were theorising the the future around collaborative leadership. Yeah,
0: which which leads us into a really nice um, (laughs) um, link to the the topic of conversation today. Um, And a lot of our our discussions over coffee in the last few weeks have been around this idea of collaborative leadership. Um, But before we get into the meat of that, you have, as I will invite all my guests to do, brought along a quote that feels meaningful to you. And um, so it gives us a bit of an insight into your thinking. So if you'd like to share that with us um, and, why, and why you've picked that, that would be brilliant. Um,
1: I think my why is just um, just so sort of picked up is, is things you kick off with is never where you really thought you would get to. Um, I've never read the book, but it's from Douglas Adams, The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. Um, which is, I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I've ended up where I needed to be. And that's really played true, um, particularly my work at the West Midlands Combined as Physical Activity Policy Lead, is spending real some time on, on, on working with partners on developing a strategic framework around what we need to do to get more people active and, and address those inequalities. And exploring within that, uh, how do we begin to work better together? Because we know there's many stakeholders around the, around the table. And what I thought was going to happen 2017, 2018, even through to 2019, we, we began to develop these interesting lines of inquiry, but coming, straight coming back to, we're always um, working through some transactional stuff, but we we're, weren't getting into that transformational conversation. But we need the transactional stuff to enable people to understand. Around what some of the issues and challenges each other uh, we're looking at, Good. and I keep going back to that quote because the has um, there's been no set course on on flying, a collaborative leadership plane. It takes us down to very many avenues, and many places. Um, some a piece of work we're trying to do now is move away from that transactional to the transformational. But how do we begin to look at those shares and common priorities? How do we recapture those cultures, values and behaviours? And how do we que- answer this magic question around what's the added value about working together? And I think there's quite a bit of... Um, I, I am um, an atheist, but I think there's, quite, there's something quite spiritual in that because it's about how people work together and how people believe that what we're doing is the right thing as well as some um, real interesting steps of what we need to do to get to where we w- want to get to both in the what and how we approach it
0: mm, definitely. and I you know, there's so many things that come to mind and and you know I'm thinking back to a couple of the conversations we've we've already had um, but I think you know what really interests me is that idea of you know we need the transactional sometimes to enable the transformational because we can't, you know, you know, this is about leading people and, and helping people, helping us all see what you talked about, that added value of, you know, why should we work together when we could just plough our own course and do something? You know, what's the, um, what do we gain? Um, and what, almost, what do we gain from working together? And, and you know, I think I look at some, some things and you, you sometimes hear people say, oh, just think differently about it actually how can I think differently if nobody's ever helped me understand how to do that and the steps I should take um, so yeah that idea of you know what do we need to almost in simple terms I guess it's what do we need to do today and tomorrow to enable us to move towards that enhanced more effective whatever that future vision might look like for in this case physical activity within the West Midlands
1: no, so I, I you know, go back to our early conversation about the um, Assistant Sports Development Officer Day it is with a number of line managers, how we had the ability just to begin to able to think we're all in this together and begin to explore those themes of when we come together and, and we sense the value of, of coming together. And, and that's been hard. And what's been really hard and, and different for me is I think that last 20 years, because we've already had a very, very strong regional structure of how we work, um, changing government, changing programmes. We're now, this is not kind of like the regional government and regional Sport England office, but as a combined authorities, how do we convene that space to enable that collaborative leadership pattern to address some of the biggest challenges that we have got? But, what I get challenged by quite often is people haven't seen that West Midland space because they're really focusing on their locality or their sub region quite rightly and that elevation around what does it mean by working at that level.
0: Yeah.
1: And oh yes, and we're beginning to understand that what's happening in place X is similar to something we're trying to sort out, but mm. also they've they've found a solution. So what you get is that collaboration within a collaborative leadership space, which can begin to take um, some of the work we're doing around public spaces or around digital now is actually taking us to really interesting places. That, but we can capture and learn the value of that conversation. And equally, where does that take us to?
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. As you're talking, I've got this um, – it's brought to mind a session I went to that was delivered um, – actually by Barbara Daniels, who was on the first podcast um, episode. And and she brought this analogy um, when she was talking about, you know, looking at things differently and and used um, Google Maps as an an example. Um, And a place where she used to live, she used to go and take a dog walk on certain roads. Um, And it wasn't until somebody said, you know, she met somebody and they said, oh, did you know there's a park, you know, a couple of streets away? Um, And she didn't. And she used the analogy of, you know, she was living in Street View, so had her own um, route that she would walk and would go around the streets and see things. And it took somebody else to say, actually, have a look, you know, and and broaden your view. So the next click up was to, I can't remember what it is on Google Maps, but you eventually go out to satellite view. So you zoom out a little bit and you suddenly see broader than your own uh, immediate streets. And then if you zoom out again, you see that great big satellite. And unless you do that and take that time to kind of, take yourself out of your own street view, which maybe is your day-to-day work, which may be in your you know, locality, maybe it's your sports centre or your own outdoor space. Um, if you don't necessarily take that broader view, then you don't see what else is going on. Um, and I, th- you know, I think something for me as well in that is is where are those connections? So fundamentally, I suppose in sport, we're all trying to do the same thing. We want more people being more physio- physically yeah. active more often. I suppose that's the essence. It yeah. used to be more. Let's go right back. It used to be more people, more places, more medals. Um, but that is going right back. Um, but you know, so so that's the common factor, and we all have a role to play. But how do we find that? How do we find where our role fits into that bigger? If we can't see beyond our own street or front door, I don't know no. if that. I don't know if that resonates with you at all.
1: No, absolutely. Um, so you look. You work in your own locality, and that locality may be your own organization or the community in which you're looking to influence or serve and actually begin to yeah that elevation bit you know talk to the past around kind of a whole helicopter view having that helicopter view about what it is we can do and actually there is a real piece about not knowing understanding how other organizations work Um, and there's ways in which we've got to unravel that um, but the learning is really essential. If you think of what we're going through now, the amount of learning we've got about how we use online tools. Uh, was there a webinar this morning that didn't work? And everybody was going, well, everybody else can sus it, but we, we can't go on to a webinar through through this. And But what does that tell us about how we keep connected and how do we work collaboratively in this space? And we've got to learn and develop um, all, the, all the time. And I think the greatest benefit is we're moving away from being strictly around output delivery to begin to explore something really different about the value that we bring and how we begin to influence behavioural system change. But how we capture it's got to be key to absolutely everything we do. And going back to my quote, is quite often is we've moved away where we thought we originally get to boy the journey has been fantastic and we've learned so much and our resilience of ourselves and with the people we work with and we're exploring new things and maybe that's an issue around trust maybe that's issue around well what can we do around the specific sub- subject it's really changed but it's been really informed by having that better conversation with people
0: and how are you seeing um, you know any progress you know and, and maybe not specifically um, you know in terms of um, individuals or or organizations but you know what's your general sense of of how this is is already maybe working in really small places and you're seeing some of those benefits of you know maybe maybe being less focused on outputs and and seeing people shift in behavior and you know how's that how is that starting to play out maybe in in your experience no. if, it, if indeed it is
1: I, I think um we're seeing it beyond the collaborative leadership work we're doing, um, as well as within it. And we're seeing some great stuff of, of, of people looking at different ways of doing things. Uh, to take the three local authorities from the university we were working with around this public space. We agreed. What do we want to get out of it? Because we didn't want to just build playground or a, a bit of activity space or whatever we wanted to explore some themes but that was generated together the identification of those sites could, could purely determined by local areas but then everybody's thinking yeah actually we've got those parklets uh, massively overgrown um park underutilized a bit of space where people convene and get together thinking wow we can really learn from each other there is a real exciting piece that we can do um, but also as much as you see that in evidence in how we work it's how it begins to feel so you can have that conversation you can break a new ground in terms of yeah understanding a little bit more about the person what um what makes them tick what some of the constraints within their organization which enables you to go a little bit further about having those that trust and the sense of a belief in each other and what we're trying to do.
0: I think, yeah, those, those are really key points for me in terms of with my interest you know, and real you know, real curiosity about leadership from my research and experience. It is those, um, you know, the real, really effective leaders are those who take that time to under firstly understand themselves, so know, you know, who they are and what's important to them, But then they have the the ability to understand others and develop those relationships and also recognise, you know, recognising difference. So we do see things differently, and actually it's important to take the time to to see where our differences lie, but also find those areas of common ground where we can genuinely connect. Um, And then, in terms of, you know, broader leadership and perhaps, you know, your examples around physical activity, clearly there will be a context in which those conversations happen. So at some point, it's saying this okay right if that's what we believe how does that work for us with our current challenges around whether it's open spaces or getting more people to commute by bike or, or whatever it is you know there's something that that connects people personally but also on that professional context and um and often perhaps perhaps in the past we've been too quick to jump to that context without building up those relationships first where you're able to you know actually trust that the other person has their you know is bringing best intentions and you know when they say they're going to do something actually we believe and, and trust in them and are able to to show a bit of faith in that whole process
1: yeah i, I think there's a lot about honesty as well i am being honest with you with yourself because that quote really re- relates to me and thinking wow okay so i've moved from um um i was kind of, well an active partnership director and got seconded into the combined authority Thinking actually, some of the skills and attributes and the learning I gained from there were, were totally different, and the combined forest is very different. Um, and where I thought, right, okay, we've got a strategic framework that everybody seems to be happy with people signing off, people we, we've adopted a collaborative leadership approach to develop the strategic framework. People working groups, discussing, consulting people, bring back some evidence, exploring these things. Yeah, where do we want to pitch this? And actually translating that into practical action has been real challenging for me and let alone challenging for different, different partners. Um, and I've learned so much about my, myself. And actually, I would say in terms of my whole collaborative style, my my leadership style. and never think whether do I actually have a leadership style, but that has changed as well. And change in terms of moving towards more, being that convener of the space where that happens, being far more open, but also far more honest and understanding in some cases, you are only going to work with those who are willing to do something to enable us to escalate work and actually doing some of those big, massive system influence changes we're looking to do may take a little bit longer but we can learn about everything we do that influence where we're going to get to in in the future Um, and it's given me a whole completely different insight in terms of everything that how i approach things and what does that mean for us as an organization within a very crowded physical activity sector in, in, in the West Midlands. We're now working on our collaborative um, leadership programme about with about 35, 36 organisations who are willing to, to begin to explore. Um, and actually, we don't... We're already beginning to identify, even even through the pandemic we're going through this, we may need to take it a little bit longer or a little bit further. Um, and actually, exploring now is—is is there something we should do as a community practice around this space? Mm. And what does it tell us? What did sell we need to do? Um, which is interesting. And 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 but spending a lot of time through this period, connecting with people, discussing with people, gives us a real honest and open opportunity to explore some of the themes that this whole situation is telling us about, which could inform our collaborative engagement work moving forward.
0: Yeah, and I find it really interesting. You talk there about know how you've shifted and changed and and learned through your experiences Um, and that's certainly something i think a lot of us within sport within and i suppose within the sports kind of development and manager and systems builder type roles is that we've had to learn for ourselves Um, and you know there isn't a using my coaching reference um, experience you know there isn't a ukcc level one two three in how to become a coaching systems builder or a sports development manager or those sorts of things and i know and um, through SIMSPA and other organisations now, they're addressing some of those, um, you know, some of the professional standards and the training and the qualification. Um, and I do think it is, you know, we have learned through experience. And and I, I wonder how we're how maybe going forward, we might be able to capture some of that learning, um, which again, brings back to some of the things you were talking about within this, you know, collaborative leadership, being able to learn from each other and, and support each other as we grow and develop and face new challenges. Because one thing's for sure, Change will keep going, and our pace of change in our society, and our world, is only going to increase.
1: No, absolutely, and, and that's really why it's invaluable to try and capture how we're working now, and where whether we'll be able to return to the places we were going to, or are we setting a completely different course? But I find a really interesting discussion about how do we capture that value, and how do we learn. And play that back into the system, um, and recognising people's different styles. People've got a, a a feel that that, that that's the, um, the feel for it for me. That that's what I was saying a bit about spiritual. is about feeling that I've learned and been able to capture the value of that conversation. Yeah, and yeah, I'm feeling that it's begin to change the way I view things, or I begin to feel that I need to work better collaboratively with my colleagues. I just think that's quite a really fascinating space in it, in itself. So we've said that to people is we don't want to give you a journal and say every week, write down, you know, I showed you my, my good book stuff, uh, which is really dear to me, but that may be not the right thing for people. And my good stuff book is what my coach gave me because I spend all day trying to grapple with the issues rather than putting down the good stuff that I've done during the week but people've got to find a way to do that in their different ways and um, my good stuff book has gone to what I learn rather than what I do so it's what I'm doing and how I'm doing it uh, and and that's really dear to me but I want to explore how that begins to relate to other people working in this space
0: absolutely and I think it's um you know I'm just it just brings to mind um, an email you dropped me last earlier this week or last week around you know, this, this idea that, you know, perhaps the current situation we're in will help us shift and change and do things differently. And, you know, we referenced, um, the body coach and his, you know, mm. a million viewers or whatever it is, um, on, um, YouTube in a morning. Um, I've just been talking to a friend who's doing online yoga, um, with people all all, all over the place. And, you know, so perhaps, you know, I think, um, Cotter in his books around change talks about, um, you know, change needing a sense of urgency to happen. And we certainly have got a sense of urgency at the moment in terms of needing to do things and do things and find solutions pretty quickly. And perhaps some of those innovations will happen. And I think the one thing for me that I've noticed as well is is our ability to let go of the past and how we currently do things and our current culture. Um, because certainly there are some debates that I've seen around Twitter, around, you know, Joe Wicks, body coach, that is not PE, you know, let's hold on, PE is something else. And part of me is thinking, do you know what, do we get too hung up on semantics and words? And I, I, don't, I don't know, I haven't got the answer in my own head yet, but, you know, what it did lead me to say is, you know, maybe we sometimes do have to just loose go, loose our hold on, you know, what we know and maybe be a little bit open to, okay, this is a new world, this is, you know, we need new solutions. Um, so yeah, that just sprung to mind as you were talking about that, you know, that change and that need to shift, and what can we learn?
1: Maybe that's where we need to be. Um, not questioning the whole peer curriculum stuff, but where we need to be now is families ensuring their kids are active, as well as educating the home. And who knows the huge impact that has had? But let's capture what that tells us. That movement to online stuff, will that give put us in a good position to really kickstart people being active again um, with this period, because it's one of the government's kind of mandates at the moment, is go out and do one form of exercise a day. Is that going to be the catalyst for change that we're, we're looking for? But if we don't explore that, we just keep living on that same path of where we intended to go without really thinking wow we're actually here and and it's told us to to do that Mm.
0: Um,
1: and and fascinating we're doing this stuff and just looking at the number of steps you do the number of times you do um, video conferencing conference calls me, my steps have gone down big time but actually thinking gosh government this reinforcement by government needs to do one form of exercise. So it's an opportunity for us to really change the way we, way we deliver a, a system in the future. And how do we galvanise that opportunity, the golden opportunity we've got when we come out of this, that we can get our system going quicker and better? Um, but I was also sharing with a number of people today, it is we, we also, as a system have a responsibility to really help those organizations that we've been so dependent on for years to deliver the outputs the changes the influence the next coach workforce volunteer workforce that we need we need to do something and if there's no better place for us to collaborate it's now
0: yeah and i think that that feels like a a, a great place almost just for us to pause and to, to su- start to summarize and and you know bring maybe some of your key messages um in closing and i think just you know what i've heard particularly in that last that last framework that last you know few sentences of yours almost is you know we it is challenging times that we're in and how do we now use them and enhance them and embrace them and using your quote you know we didn't expect to be here but we are um, so how do we use what we've learned in getting here and potentially the next steps we take to really um, you know, drive forward some of those changes and, and use the opportunities that maybe on one hand are perceived as quite challenging? You are only allowed, you know, one exercise. But ir- ironically, you know, maybe there's more and more people out there when it's restricted than if it was free. I don't know those sorts of things um but yes i mean i know I've, I've asked you to maybe think about you know a couple of summary key messages takeaways so you know what what, what do you want to leave people with from this conversation um and what, what are the things that are really uppermost in your mind
1: um i'll go back to my quote um, i may not have gone where i intended to go but i think i've ended up where i need to be that really that thinking bit is really about to learn and capture around the, the journey you're going on as a leader or a potential leader or any, any role you play out and reflect and begin to think what does that actually mean in terms of your everyday work. That kind of collaborative leadership is not a set course of, of um, shared priorities, shared culture, values and behaviours, um, shared accountability, embedding learning, It's not a linear approach. You do a workshop and a series of sessions. It's hard space and you just got to work on it and take forward those opportunities on those lines of of inquiry to enable you to deliver change. But with every change, see the opportunity. It brings for that greater learning and value. And we're in a people place and your relationships, your understanding, your, your interaction with people is so damn important if we are going to work collaboratively to make those inroads into our some of our greatest challenges we face in the uk and also within our physical activity sector and that's it really, jane right
0: fantastic lovely i think there's something for me powerful about learning and i love your quote you know within. did <laughs> paraphrasing you know we didn't expect to be here but here we are and where we go next is perhaps down to us and how we you know work with each other and connect and go forward um so so thank you thank you for your time um and enjoy the rest of your um time at home uh, doing trying to keep connected and keep learning and seeing where you, you end up being so uh, so thank you cool You have been listening to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. My thanks again to my guest, Simon Hall, and to you for listening. Until the next time, take care.